Hi, I'm Jen Turner, and I'm a psychic medium. Hi, I'm Nadia Thorman, and I'm like the Ryan Seacrest to her Teresa Caputo. And we're here to have a normal conversation about weird stuff. Welcome to The Soul Spot. because we're recording in my home office studio today. It feels so good. (laughs) It feels so good to be out of the house. Like, I feel like I'm on vacation. It's glorious. I mean, I'm so happy. And like, even like your kids, I'm just like, let me play with you. It's so fun. (laughs) Because they're not not mine. (laughs) You're not sick of their 10 minute long stories. No, I love it. I love it. I could listen to them all day. Like, it's such a treat. It's just funny how a change of scenery is so important for people. Like you saw, I mean, last time we recorded at my house, I was so stressed because there's just, I'm not good in my own environment anyways, but like I was so stressed and now I just feel like. And you're three, so you want to do all the things at all the time. Yeah. And you just can't like zone the things out. Yep. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So I can hear and it's wonderful. It feels like a hotel to me. Well, I'm glad to have you here. We were relaxing earlier underneath my little um, easy up that I've turned into a tiki lounge. It's so cute. And uh, we were, you know. Just having a little drink, talking about the show. Speaking of drinks. Yes. I just want to give a shout out to all the listeners who have reached out to me, sent me images of all lime White Claw packs. Thank you. Ew. (laughs) (laughs) I don't support this message. No, it's so sweet. I've gotten like text messages and uh, Instagram messages saying that they do exist and like where I can find them. And so I appreciate the support of my lime white claw fetish. All right. Well, if you're into that sort of thing, you heard it here first. <laughs> they exist. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Should we get into some reading of the week? I think it's going to be a little different today. Yeah. So instead of doing just like a typical reading of the week, I wanted to give a recap of something cool that took place this week, which was I was invited to be a guest on um, like in a women's circle based out of Utah. Her name is Brittany and it's on Instagram. It's at be mind body soul. Jen's going to double check that since she's notoriously the worst at all things social media. So we're going to check that. So Brittany gets her proper shout out here. (laughs) Sorry, Brittany. Okay. It's at be mind body soul. She's fantastic. She does Reiki. She's a Reiki master, but she had done a reading with me and then asked me to join as one of her guests. And it was a pleasure. It was a great group. And we talked about all things intuition and just like anything that you do in life, right? Is that there's like a lot of information. There's a lot of thoughts, but when you're asked to narrate it or describe it, it like firms things up a little bit. It like firms up the idea a little bit more. So this was like a great practice for me too, because I talk about intuition so much. There's a couple clients that I have that I'm actually helping train, but it was really cool to have to like package it. It was just a fun exercise. And we talked a lot about the Claire's, which if you guys are listening, we actually did an earlier podcast about that. So you can look it up. So if you don't know what I'm talking about, look it up. We did like some clairvoyant exercises And we tried to kind of determine what Claire they were. And I read a little snippet that you and I actually, you were at one of the workshops when I did. It was that imagery. 
it was kind of like a short story. I had you guys close your eyes and it was a short story about like jumping into a pool and all of that. So I did this little like exercise for them to help decipher what Claire's were their primaries in the way that they heard that or saw it or felt it. And so we did that and a lot of them were clairvoyant. So we did some visualization exercises, which was really fun to just kind of help them open up their third eye and get them more comfortable with like what they're seeing. So it was a really neat thing. And then at the end of it, I asked because I was kind of feeling like very intuitive. So I asked and I was kind of getting this like mediumship-esque vibes. And I asked one of them if if there was a doctor in her family. And she's like, no. <laughs> I was like, okay, <laughs> just, kidding. Just, kidding. Uh, just kidding. And then <laughs> and I was like, all right. And then I was like, okay, well, I was feeling it from her dad's side, but it felt female energy. And so I didn't explore more because she like couldn't think of it. But then anyway, she texted me after that her grandma was a nurse. Oh, yeah, because I asked her afterwards. I was like, anybody a nurse or healing? Because I just kept getting like that healing image. Yeah. But I knew it had to do with like not not like a holistic healer, like a medicinal healer right. kind of thing. So anyways, that was kind of cool. It was just a fun group. And like it, then we did like a meditation at the end, which was one of my favorite ones that I've ever experienced. And it was basically a connection, like a meditation to connect with your higher self and to ask yourself like a question or to ask your higher self for an answer to like a soul question that you have. And this could be any question that you have. And it, it was just like a cool meditation. I was on the receiving end of this meditation years ago and I saw Dave, my husband. Stop yeah. It. You remember like during that time where I was with someone else. <laughs> I remember it very clearly. And I was always team Dave. <laughs> <laughs> totally you were. But I saw his name. Like That's when, really yeah, cool. so it was cool. So it was like my higher self gave me that. And wow. And like I obviously knew it, but like yeah. it was kind of cool validation. Yeah. So it was a great meditation and people on it experienced all sorts of things. They experienced like a lot of emotions. Mm-hmm. And I think if you're not very comfortable or not comfortable, but if you're not familiar, I guess, with your higher self, it's pretty emotional when you connect there because here's like an all loving, unconditional presence who has been with you for lifetimes and they know you so well. And it's just think of if you haven't seen your mom and then you get reunited with your mom times a hundred, you know, it's just this like really incredible experience. So there was some like emotions to be expected. It's always beautiful when there are emotions because it means that it's hitting some chord in you, you know? I love that. Yeah. Um, we got to do a meditation episode soon. I know. We we will. We said that last time. We will. And we're getting more meditations up. Really great. All right, you guys. So... Sounds like a really... <laughs> it was good. <laughs> <laughs> no, it sounds really cool. I have FOMO. Yeah, we're going to do a meditation episode soon because I would love to um, talk about all the different ways you can kind of tap into your higher self and the different levels and practices of meditation. And Jen's holding one of my crystals right now <laughs> that I have at this table, along with a picture of us holding hands. I, it's guys, like an altar. Up here. I'm not even joking. I just wanted to There's set- a framed <laughs> picture of Nadia and I holding hands walking the streets of Chicago. I wanted to set the mood for us. I know. I love it. And there's also a, a beautiful little rubber figure, <laughs> figurine of the Virgin Mary. That's my daughter. So we just wanted to like kind of like have all the female like wonderful energy here. I love it. Okay. So we're going to talk about some really fun mind bendy sciencey stuff again this week and this is kind of one of my favorite things I've seen in a while. One of my girlfriends, shout out Maribel, um, showed me this video clip 
from Carl Sagan. And if you guys aren't familiar with his work, he's no longer with us. He died, I think, in 1996. But this video clip, he talks about Flatland, we're about to get into, is from 1980. And he was basically like this world-famous astronomer. Um, they called him the astronomer of the people. He was an astrophysicist. He was an author. He often, Really smart guy. Really <laughs> smart. Like 600 scientific papers. He wrote a bunch of books. He has this amazing video that's this, to me, it's a crazy analogy for everything we always talk about. It was right? so cool. Nadia made me watch it, and it was like really, really cool. So I'm going to actually read you a little bit of the transcript from this video, but I really urge you guys in Google Flatland, Carl Sagan. But basically, he tells us a little tale about a place called Flatland. And in Flatland, everyone, of course, is exceptionally flat. We have squares, circles, triangles, and we all scurry about so we can go into our little houses and do our flat business. So he basically, in this video, has these little cutouts of pieces of paper flat on a table, and he's showing them living in a little village. Right. And they're going in and out of their houses in two-dimensional flatland. Okay? So they can go left and right, forward and back, but they have never heard of up and down. Right. Are we following? 2D flatland. Okay? So let us imagine that in Flatland, hovering above it, comes a strange three-dimensional creature, which oddly enough looks like an apple. So then he takes his apple, and he has his apple hovering with his hand over above his little cutouts of circles and triangles and squares. The apple sees this square and watches the square enter the house from above, and he decides in a gesture of interdimensional amity to say hello. Hello, says the three-dimensional creature, which is the apple. How are you? I'm a visitor from the third dimension. Well, the poor square looks around his closed house, sees no one there, and what's more, has witnessed a greeting coming from his insides. A voice from within. Gives me the chills. Okay. He is surely getting a little worried about his sanity. All right, so just to recap, you guys, in this video... He basically kind of even gestures his gut. Yeah, he does. And is saying the way that these little flat creatures... Can sense. Yes. The way they hear the apple is from their insides. Right. Okay? Because they're not designed to see him or look at him. They don't know up or down. They don't know up or down. Okay? So, the three-dimensional creature is unhappy about being considered a psychological aberration. So, he descends to actually enter flatland. Now, a three-dimensional creature exists in Flatland only partially, only on a plane. A cross-section through him can be seen. So when the three-dimensional creature first reaches Flatland, it's only points of contact which can be seen. All right, so then he takes his apple, he puts his little apple on a stamp pad, you guys, like a little stamp pad you use for stamps, he stamps the apple's bottom into flatland, and you see the little, you see four little dots of the bottom of the apple. So now the apple has left an impression, a 2D impression, right? And so now the little creatures of the 2D village are seeing this impression. Wondering where it came from. They don't know what to make of it. Right. It doesn't make sense to them, but there's right. evidence, right? Right. Okay, you guys. I mean, the analogy is just screaming right. <laughs> from this right. video. 
Like, it's so cool. What I love about this, too, is that he kind of ends it with, like, talking about a fourth dimension, Mm -hmm. right? So that's, like, where he's leading to is that, like, there's a fourth dimension that we can't even wrap our mind around as a three-dimensional human. So the square, as time goes on, sees a set of objects mysteriously appear from nowhere inside of his closed 2D room and change their shape dramatically. His only conclusion is that he could be going bonkers. What do you think about this, Jen? I think I'm going bonkers. <laughs> well, the apple might be a little annoyed at this conclusion, and so, in not such a friendly gesture from dimension to dimension, makes a contact with the square below and sends our flat creature out fluttering and spinning above flatland. So what he does in this video, you guys, is he takes his little cutout of the um, square and he starts fluttering it up and down above the flatland, okay? Now, in this analogy, I'm going to say, Jenny flutter above. (laughs) He's terribly confused. This is utterly outside of his experience. But after a while, he comes to realize that he is seen inside the closed rooms of Flatland. So it's a new perspective he's never seen before. He is looking inside at his fellow flat creatures. He is seeing the Flatland from a perspective no one has seen it from before, to his knowledge. Getting into another dimension provides, as an incidental incidental benefit, a kind of X-ray vision. Now, our flat creature slowly descends to surface and his friends rush up to see him. From their point of view, he has mysteriously appeared from nowhere. He hasn't walked from somewhere else. He's come from some other place. So to sum it up, our little flat friend went to a dimension called Up, and everyone thought he was crazy. Jen, you have very clearly been to Up in this analogy. Right. And I know a lot of people listening have also been to Up, even if it's only you know once or twice or in little moments or you're finding your intuition. It's all of this same language like this is such a crazy analogy i think we can all i mean everyone listening i think can relate but it's cool because it puts it into like dimensional framework yeah. i i use the analogy a lot of like the magic eye mm-hmm. which is basically this too of like being able to like get to that like other dimension and seeing that other dimension that you didn't know was there type thing. So this is so hard to put into words and it's so hard to explain because it's really this kind of crazy abstract language. That's why when I visualize it, it's a lot easier to say, okay, like the magic eye, you can kind of see it. But I mean, I absolutely love all of this and I love the idea. Like one thing that stuck out to me was like, of course, how he feels it in his gut or like He even, like you said, referenced the gut feeling, but also the idea of impressions left. So that to me was really cool. It feels like more proof, which is what I love. Yeah. And it's, this is from such a scientific perspective. Like this, when you guys look this up, which I really want you to, there's nothing about this that's, you know, in the, in the uh, narrative of being new agey or spiritual. This is like purely scientific. Right. But it screams this analogy of, oh my gosh, this is everything we always talk about. These impressions, right? Like in the forms of dreams, in the forms of 
if you guys are familiar with your clairs, like you have moments of that connection and they're just impressions. They're not, we're not getting the whole thing clearly. Right. I know you've always told me in your readings that it's kind of like getting this really crazy download of information, but it's also like an AM radio signal. It's really hard to get. It is. And yeah. once you tap in, you just tune in as much as you can and you get what you can from it. Right. Yep. So, um, it all feels just so poignant for all of the stuff we talk about. And I love anything that kind of like justifies it in a more matter of fact way. Like it's really a really basic concept to think that there are things that our senses and you know, how, how we're designed as humans, like we're not designed to comprehend them and that's okay. Absolutely. I think that it's a little bit arrogant of humans to think that we're all that is and that we are all that exists and that we're all that we can see and, and experience. There's so much more. It's the world is so expansive. And I think that we don't like contemplating that that much because it makes us feel small and helpless and helpless. One of my favorite quotes of all time is the greatest illusion of life is death. Greatest illusion of life is death. Oh, wow. I love that. Isn't that cool? Mm -hmm. Because the idea that death happens and then an energy, which we know by scientific law, energy cannot be created nor destroyed, right? right? That it's like constantly exists. So if we can understand that, we can really kind of rationalize that in in a bowling ball or whatever dumb examples they have in like the science books. But like to say that of a soul is very hard to understand. We don't have the science to quantify it yet, right? Exactly. And I think that, um, so I think that there's the idea of death being an illusion really lends itself to the conversations of different dimensions because we can't reach it. You know, we can't reach that quickly but they're here. They're the apple kind of hovering, watching us. They can see everything and we can communicate with them much easier than they can communicate with us. So we can, we can give them signals because they can see us and they can hear us and they, they're aware of everything. We're not aware of them. Right. Cause they're in a higher plane. Yep. That's what we're talking about. So they're in a higher plane. I mean, we're talking about like, I'm talking about it from a mediumship standpoint, of course, you know, he was talking about it from like an interdimensional standpoint, but you can apply this to several other things too, I think. But for, as far as the mediumship goes, the reason I liked impression is because that's a word as mediums that we use quite a bit. So we use it, we say impression because that's pretty clearly what it is. It's an impression in your mind and it's kind of mind to mind communication because we can't communicate on the, in the same dimension. We are communicating best we can with what we have. And that's like through energy and that's through mind-to-mind communication. We're limited in what our communication levels are able to be. And that's why people very often will experience changes in the channel or the lights or water running, whatever they can kind of mess with to get a message through or to communicate. And I think it also um, lends itself to go back to those like visitation dreams um, that we always talk about. So even if somebody doesn't consider themselves intuitive or isn't maybe as turned on to that like part of their brain. So, I mean, almost everybody who's lost a loved one has some kind of visitation dream, right? And it's kind of like that soul's way of getting to their loved one and sending a message. And it's like you're in that subconscious state of mind and your energy receptors are 
receptors are super open. Yeah. And it's like you're you're going to get it that way, right? And you're not restrained or constricted by what you believe is reality. Right. You know? You're more accepting. This just reminded me of something you told me about. I want to say it was like a year ago. You told me about a study they were doing where somebody had like let's say somebody had left a chair at a restaurant and their me- their energy could be measured like up to five minutes after they left. It was up to 30 days. Whoa. 30 okay. days. I'm really off on my information. No, but that's, I mean, it's still mind blowing. So they did a study and it's that's the wild. protons. Okay. So your energy protons of you specifically can be picked up. If you were in a restaurant, it can still be picked up in 30 days. That blows my mind. So it's like energy, the energy field is so real right. and it's scientifically real and that. we can sense it and we can actually measure it up to 30 days. So we'll be able to have it kind of like you leaving your DNA somewhere. We can get your energy mark. So it is, it's something that's easy to, to pick up still. That's why people will walk into a room and feel like a heaviness in a room or feel somebody's energy. Or maybe you're like walking through the airport and you like think of someone all of a sudden as if they're there. They may have been. You know, like you'll get their energy field. So I believe in all of that. I mean, I think the evidence is building and building. But one thing too I was going to say about the impressions that I think is worth mentioning is that impressions to me are, think about the apple trying to communicate with those flat pieces of paper. That apple will need to communicate in a way that that flat piece of paper can get it. So that's why I always say like references are so, so important. So spirit will use your personal references to leave the impression, you know? So it's like they'll give you the impression in your mind's eye. At least that's how I get it. But they're going to use what I know. Right. The way you see your dog when you're getting someone else's dog. Yeah. Sometimes it comes through like that. Or your kid's lullaby when it's someone else's lullaby. Exactly. Exactly. Because otherwise it's really hard. I don't know if I've said this on a podcast before, but it's like, I've never been to, I don't know, Africa's like a bad example. (laughs) (laughs) You've never been to Louisiana? I have. Okay, you've never been to... I've never been to Minnesota. There you go. Okay? I've never been to Minnesota. If you show me Minnesota, I'm not going to know where I am. Right. It's like this complicated game of charades. Like, you show me the streets of Minnesota, I got nothing for you. Right. I can describe it as is, like there's streets and cars that gives you nothing. But they could give me like a Viking sign. The movie Fargo. So what else would you see for Minnesota if you didn't know like where Minnesota was? The Minnesota Vikings. Like I would get like a Vikings helmet or okay. something and they'll get me there. Because you understand that reference. Because I know that reference okay. and they'll be able to help right. me. Right. And and then sometimes I'll help them. It's like this two-way communication where sometimes like, for example... If I see a bridge, okay, they're giving me a clear, like I'm in a city and there's a bridge. I will say, show me a trolley or show me the Empire State Building. Okay. Because I know two bridges in a city is either San Francisco or New York. You got to help me here. Right. So I'll say like, show me a trolley or show me the Empire State Building. Right. And then they'll help me, give me that impression so I can get it accurately. I just have like a, a fan question here. Sure fan of the medium here. I love it. <laughs> um, so if you were in a reading and you were um, communicating with spirit, are you asking these questions? Like when you talk about asking spirit, are you asking them in your mind's eye, through your head? Like how does that work? Yeah. Through my mind's eye. In my head. So you're just like literally just thinking about that question. Yeah. 
It's so hard to explain. I will say to them, like, show me a trolley if it's San Francisco or show me the Empire State Building if it's New York. We were actually talking, we were talking kind of like offhand earlier before we started recording about how I'm bossy. Yes. Okay. That's why you're good at this because you're able to boss them around. I will boss them around. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I really do though because I think that you have to take charge Right. In a certain sense, because keep in mind, you guys, the apple and the flat paper, it's easier for the apple to pick up what the flat paper is saying than it is the flat paper picking up on the apple. Because the apple's at the higher dimension. Yes. So for me to communicate with them, if I'm just waiting for them to give me information, it works, but it takes a lot longer and it's not as clear. So I will be the leader of the communication and say like, show me this. And only use this. And if it's not you, I don't, you're not welcome here right now. Like I have to, I'm like directing traffic during this. So this kind of goes back to what we always talk about with like, people always ask, what can I do um, when my loved one passes to know that they're here? Give me a clear sign. And you've even said, um, you know, you can set. You have to set it. You can set what those um, signs are for you. So you can say, show me hummingbirds. Show me butterflies. Yep. Show me that lucky penny. Yeah. Like, make this your sign for me, Mm -hmm. right? Like, so you're setting the ground rules because it's way too complicated to, like, for it to be vice versa. Exactly. And sometimes it happens. So it's like if you have somebody who's passed and you know that they love, like, they love motorcycles and then... A motorcycle, you know, you keep getting the sign of a motorcycle. Of course, that's them. And that's awesome that you, they you got that from them. And they're showing you a sign because you didn't establish a form of communication they're going to try. But it's more subtle and it's harder for us as, as the flat pieces of paper to pick up on it. So I'm, like I was making the joke about before, but like I'm bossy with them. So I will say like, no, if you're if you're the mom coming through, come here and stand to my right. If you're the grandma coming through, I want you on the left. Like I have to kind of direct traffic. Right, you make the rules. Talking about sometimes you get lucky and they send you the sign. It reminded me of um, when you had we talked about this in the previous episode when you had the dream about Kevin right sending you the signs of four leaf clovers right. And then it was, you know, it was all over the place. I mean, he had a tattoo of a four-leaf clover. That was his sign. That was for sure what he was going to communicate with me. Yeah. So if you have that established with someone, but, like, even you and I are together. Like, I'm with you more than I am anyone else besides my family. And you are, you've known me for years. You're my best friend. I don't know what sign you would give me. Isn't that weird? You know what I mean? Yeah. So a lot of the times, like, you can go through this whole life and actually, like, not have established something. Well, you actually did a really interesting exercise. Um, okay, so I'm sure you remember this, but this was about a year ago. You had a spirit workshop, and you had a couple come up for a demonstration. And this is a couple that has been married many, many, many years. and 40 the, years, I think. Okay. And the example was... You were trying to make the point of, if you were past and you were trying to communicate with me on the other side, what signs would you give me? So you asked them both these things privately, right? Yep. One left the room and and we asked the man in front of the audience a series of questions of if, what was it? Like if, oh, I know what it was. So we asked, so we had the female leave the room Mm -hmm. and we had the man stay in the room. Right. Okay. And we said that she has 
past. Right. She's in heaven. What signs would she give you? Yes. And so what are 10 things that she would come through to you with? And he names 10 things. And then she came in and we said, okay, you have passed. Mm -hmm. You are giving signs to your husband of 40 years. What are 10 things that you would say were from you? So he will know for sure sure this is you. you. And I think three of them were the same. Right. And this is crazy to me. But it's also like very understandable. It's crazy. But it's like this is why during a reading, it's like kind of grasping at straws at a certain point. Like when you get these like super evidence-based details like in terms of like oh there's a blanket that has um paisley on it and this is means blah 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 like it's a big deal to get those uh, absolutely yeah right yeah because it's almost like spirits working so hard and so fast and you're trying to pick up any of those things yep and it comes through so fast for you it's like it's amazing to get that one thing but again that being said your loved one might be sending through this example a bunch of other things and like it's just and you're like, like why are you sending that to me like right. that's just like you're not prepared for that right uh-huh i don't know it, it was really cool and um, so it becomes a numbers game at a certain point because yeah. it's like okay so here's 10 things that you absolutely would send to your wife right right or that the wife would send to him i don't remember which way it was and then it's like say the wife gets like five of them right Okay, so like five messages would be like, yes, I understand that. I'm only going to get like two of them right. right. You know, so it becomes this like numbers game at a certain point of like this weird kind of crazy communication of inner dimensions. Yeah. No, I thought that was so cool. But I, I just love anything that we're like, we're talking about these impressions where it's like, oh man, like, you know what, we can explain this right now completely scientifically, but there's something there and it, you know... Anyone who's experienced it, experienced it, there's no denying it, right? Exactly. It's like, come on. <laughs> exactly. And I, and I do think, too, it's like, it's such an abstract language. And one thing I always say, too, we talked about it being like a radio station or trying to get onto like that right frequency. But oftentimes what happens is the information from like spirit world will come through and it kind of comes through in waves. So picture a hand going like up and down and it kind of comes through in waves and I know I'm just skimming the surface of it. Right. And if you guys please go Google this Flatland video, skimming the surface of these waves, he actually shows at a different point the apple tries to communicate further and he slices it and it's like another plane of existence, right? Yep. And it's like, it's such a crazy analogy, but like it just puts it all in perfect perspective. Yeah. It's pretty mind blowing. Like I can't yeah. believe that like that's actually not been more documented or something because it does make perfect sense. And and again, he's not talking about mediumship in this, no, you know. But, but that's what I love about it. Yeah. Because it's like, all right, look at this, you guys. <laughs> yeah, like watch this. Like that explains a lot, uh-huh. you know. And and even for, and that explains why everybody can do it. Mm-hmm. You're okay with kind of being the weird ones that are like the little flat pieces of paper floating above. And also I think you're just like more curious about it. You kind of want to see the apple and communicate with the apple. So yeah, I love it so much. And now that I've uncovered this rabbit hole, I'm going to watch so many more of his videos because how exciting. <laughs> I love it. All right. Are we ready for some soul science? Yeah, let's do it. All right, I'm going to lighten it. I feel like it. this like episode is very sciencey. It's very sciencey, but I'm going to lighten it up a little because we've been talking about things that are really intense. 
And again, I think we can all benefit from for some mental health news right now. Okay, so today's article comes to us from Very Well Mind, and it is how spirituality can benefit mental and physical health. And I love this. I've been thinking a lot about it lately. Um, I think it's so important to have a spiritual practice in your life. Right. You know, religious or otherwise, um, being in touch with your higher self, God, your intuition. Um, I think it's really all about connecting with yourself and being true to who you are and honoring that path. Right. So um, this is kind of great. It's actually a pretty recent article, but um, it basically sums up some bullet points. There have been a lot of studies that show elevated, you know, happiness levels and overall well-being with people who had a spiritual practice. Sure. Okay. So Canadian college students who are involved with campus ministries visited the doctor last. They also scored higher on tests of psychological well-being and coped with stress more effectively. Older women are more grateful to God than older men, and they receive greater stress-buffering health effects due to this gratitude. It goes on for people who are more spiritual, with prayer, with mindfulness, better health, less hypertension, less stress, more positive feelings, less depression, greater psychological well-being, and superior ability to handle stress. So again, you guys, this isn't just based on religion. This is based on any kind of spiritual practice, whether it be just that God connection, whether it be your higher self, having that space to connect is so important. And I think we always talk about that. We talk about checking in with yourself. We talk about meditation. We talk about prayer. I think practice in the right environment. And as long as we're honoring that as our truth, right? That's it's the key, so right? important. Yeah. That's what's important. And if you're going to, you know, cause you could put anybody in a room and if it doesn't resonate true in your heart and you're not connected, then it's pointless. But I mean, I say that about even this stuff, like when it comes to like mediumship or intuition or whatever it is, it's like, you will know if it feels right Absolutely. and if it serves you. Yeah. And if it does not serve you, don't use it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so again, that's what I love about talking about all of this because at the end of the day, that's what we have is our, our truth and honoring our souls in that path. Yeah. So it's a really great conversation. It's beautiful. And I think that it's no, I mean, it's no surprise to me that any kind of spiritual practice lends itself to like better mental health states. I mean, even when there's like the shittiest day at work and especially like at my old job, like when it would just be so stressful, I remember that's really kind of when I started learning to meditate like deeply and just being in the car beforehand and just telling myself, like, I'm in a classroom of life. Like, this is all a divine plan. And I am a soul having a physical experience. So let's, like, make the most of it. I love that. Very good. Okay, are we ready for some Ask the Medium? We are. Okay. So we've got some goodies this week. Our first question comes to us from Brittany in Irvine. And she asks... What if you trust your gut on something and it turns out to be wrong? Ugh. That's a hard one. We've all we've all had this moment. Right? Yeah, I mean, okay, there's a few things on this. Trusting your gut is a practice. It's like decoding this language. So, trusting your gut sometimes can be mistaken for like something that you really really want so bad to happen that you think it's your gut. 
or you're kind of repeating um, like a history your brain has taught you, right? Yeah. So if it's a negative gut reaction, it could be because something's failed in the past. I mean, that's a great that's a great point. Yeah, absolutely. But I am of the belief, in all honesty, that your gut won't lead you wrong. Mm-hmm. It's going to lead you to the right outcome. It's not the outcome that maybe you want short term, but it'll be the outcome you want long term. And also, uh, one thing I want to make clear here is when we talk about intuition, we always get mixed up with like anxiety and and paranoia and I'm listening too much to myself and I'm thinking of all these outcomes. I don't know if I've said this clearly enough before, so I want to say it now, is that when you have fear, when you have anxiety, when you have worry, none of that is intuition. Intuition is a very, very different feeling than that, okay? And I feel like I've tried to explain, but maybe not as clearly that before, it is not that. So intuition is the place of calm. It is the place that you go to when you surrender and when you are calm. And you will know that feeling because there's no other influence happening. It's a very, very subtle, peaceful place that you need to go to. And that's when you hear yourself. It is not fear. It is not, it is not paranoia. It's a very, very different feeling than that. So a lot of the times people might get that mixed up. And so that could perhaps be why you think that it was intuition, but it led you down this other road. And then there's also the point, and not to be like, not to try to be like the silver lining and everything, but I really do believe this, is that sometimes we have these plans, right? And and they feel right. And they everything is leading me to this. And you're right, it is leading you to this. Because that's going to lead you to this, which leads you to this, which leads you to this. So it's like you're getting a, a snippet of what the game plan is here. So it may not be short-term satisfying, but please have faith that that is going to be like the long game and it's worth it. That's so interesting. I love that because I can think about so many times in my life where I've had like what would seem like a letdown, but then it led me to something so much greater. Right. right? And I'm like, oh, that's why this happened. If this didn't happen, that this would have never happened. And it And it hurts. It's painful. And I don't discount that, you know, and there's a lot of things that I want so badly in my mind. Like, ah, my life would just be so much easier if I just did this. And I would, you know, I would love it if I could have that or, oh my gosh, it would just be so much fun if we could do this. And, but I know it like deep in like right above my belly button, that like little area right there where I'm like, but it's not right. Mm -hmm. And it's like, Ugh, it sucks sometimes because you have to really fight your ego on it. Totally. Okay. Our next question comes to us from Sarah, who lives in Utah. And she asks, can a spirit be in two places at once? This is a fun one. That is a fun one. That's a good question. I believe they can. I feel like they're kind of omnipresent. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very hard to describe because we're talking about the dimension of up. It's like Santa Claus. just kidding not really (laughs) yeah I think they can I don't think it's localized I think that they can be in multiple places because it's just energy I love it and I have to agree well you guys this has been a really great episode Um, I hope you enjoyed it I hope it made your thinking cap think and um, it's always fun to talk about this stuff 
Go to Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to us, Stitcher, Spotify, subscribe, leave us five stars, tell a friend, keep your questions coming. We love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Yes. Where can they find you? You guys can find me on Instagram at the.soul.spot. And how about you? And you can find me also on Instagram. It's my name, at Nadia Thorman, N-A-D-I-A-T-H-O-R-M-A-N-N. Love you guys. I love you.